0: By the way, the comments from earlier today in the fast lane about William Byron's victory in the Daytona 500 being good, but that not being the reason you should be totally optimistic about his chances to be a threat, or the fact that he is a threat for the championship. He was already a threat before the season started. That is correct, Trey. And it also has nothing to do with... Make the championship four last year and had the most wins in the series, you are a championship four contender the next year. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a reasonable presumption, especially when you're a talented driver like William Also, when you drive for Hendrick Motorsports. That's what I was going to say, Trey. When you drive for Hendrick Motorsports, you get the benefit of the doubt, combined with proven results for a guy like William Byron so to look back at the race somebody who did that earlier and the French stretch stock stretch stock car scoop podcast yes I have to slow down to say that Adam Cheek Adam, in cheek on Twitter and Instagram, back with us once again here in the Fast Lane. Adam, it's our pleasure. The pleasure's all on this side of the microphone, to use an office space reference, uh, customized, of course, to the show. But William Byron getting the win. Is it true that it's not the win in the Daytona 500 as prestigious as it is? It's combining that with what he's done the last couple of years and his growth that verified the number 24 Liberty University car is a threat to be there at the end at phoenix
1: well first Eric, thanks so much for having me on again always great to talk with you guys it's great to talk about the 500 man i loved the racing yesterday uh and I, I think you're right i think it's a, a compoundment i don't know if that's a word compounding everything he's accomplished the last few years you know getting a couple of wins here and there started out with his winning with a win in the fall or late summer race of daytona back in 2020 that feels like yesterday now he's winning the daytona 500 he won However many races last year and seemed well on his way to a title, fell a little bit short. But I think just what that team has accomplished last year is Rudy Kugel at pop the box. I think it's just a it's just an addition of everything that he's done that's really gotten into this point.
0: All of that adds up to be promising for William Byron in the Liberty University car. How much of the win yesterday was also the fact that there's some luck involved that Hendrick had three of their four cars at the top of the field and survived those two late race cautions with less than 10 laps to go.
1: Oh, well, I think I mean, it's obviously a combination of luck and also the luck of Super speed racing and dodging the big one, but also putting yourself in the position to do that. Hendrick worked together. They got all those guys up. The Kyle Larson didn't even finish that bad uh, in the final running. I think he was 11. Uh, but the fact that Hendrick was up there and contending at the right time when the chaos happened um, in that position uh, was a really helpful. I mean, Ross could have been taken out in that wreck, and it would have been Byron at the lead, and who knows what happens. Uh, if that's the case, if someone gets a run on him and Byron ends up fourth or fifth in the 500, I think there's a lot of luck involved. We've seen the last few years; Cedric wins the 500, kind of an upset there. Uh, Stenhouse last year that was definitely an upset, and, and no one could really get a run on him thanks to the caution on the last lap. But I think you know we're finally seeing maybe a turning point, and okay, the big teams are winning the 500 again. Uh, but they were in the right place at the right time. I'm not going to say that was all luck on them for sure, but there's a lot of that that goes into it.
0: We mentioned William Byron, his teammate Alex Bowman. They've got Hendrick equipment. The third place finisher after Byron and Bowman was Christopher Bell of Joe Gibbs Racing, who who has made it far in the season and is another threat to be there at the end. But after that, you've got a number of drivers that, you know, it, it, we'll throw A.J. Allmendinger in sixth out because he's not racing for a cup championship. But Corey LeJoy in fourth, Bubba Wallace in fifth, John Hunter Nemechek in seventh, Eric Jones in eighth, Noah Gregson in ninth, and Chase Briscoe in tenth. Out of that collection of drivers who were there at the end, which ones are really, really down on themselves for missing an opportunity and hoping they can carry that momentum over to their next shot in Atlanta this weekend?
1: I think the prime suspect there has to be like Bubba Wallace. I think he's, we saw a previous segment with him. I think he's made peace with where he's at right now. I think the one you got to look at is Legacy Motor Club, the double top 10. Jimmy, not a great run yesterday, not the run he wanted for sure. But John Hunter and Eric Jones both being in the top 10 when the white flag waved. And the potential, I mean, we see people go on insane runs in Daytona. They could have gotten an insane run and, you know, been there, been second, third, or fourth, uh, going into turn three on the last set. So I think Legacy's going to be the one kicking themselves the most over what could have been. But also, that's a really strong showing. For Eric, Won with them a couple of years ago at Darlington. They didn't get any wins last year, but Eric had some solid runs. John Hunter's kind of looking to reprove himself after that from a motorsports rookie season and cup a couple years ago when it went okay. That's uh, not, certainly not great, uh, but I think those are two guys looking to really prove themselves this year, and that was – Those are two guys I had my eye on when the white flag waved yesterday. I was like, oh, my God, Legacy might get a run here. Double top 10 is not bad, though, for sure.
0: It's a combination of skill and luck to win on these type of tracks, Adam, as Adam Cheek of FrontStretch.com is looking back at the Daytona 500. But for William Byron getting the win in this particular event, what does it say about his journey to this point, not just his slow and steady ascent, but how he's done it unconventionally, not having the traditional dirt racing and go-kart background. And the fact that in addition to doing that, he did something a lot of fans can relate to, which is overcoming the doubt monster.
1: Yeah, that's true. I think uh, Byron, you know, he's a guy who, you know, I'm sure everybody loves uh, a guy who has the background in sprint cars or open wheels or go-karts, whatever. Uh, But the fact that he was able to turn, you know, racing on a video game, into a very fruitful career, almost won the truck title in 2016, would have if Ed been for that blowing engine uh, at Phoenix, uh, and then uh, wins, goes out and wins the Xfinity Series title. And then the cup. he almost wins the title last year. I think that's super important for his ascension uh, to this Cup. I almost said Plateau. He's not plateaued. He's still rising. Uh, but this Cup stage that he is on, the fact that they almost won the title last year, I think erases a lot of that. doubt. those first couple of years, He was just kind of running in the pack. He didn't win until that Daytona race in 2020. So he had a couple of years where he wasn't running, you know, probably where he wanted to be. But overcoming that and really starting to click off wins on a consistent basis, uh, there's a few that got away from him for sure. But Byron, I think is in a really good spot right now for his self-confidence, and I have no doubt that he's only going to get better from here and more experienced for sure.
0: So we touched on William Byron and what he's done. The other part to this as Adam in Cheek is where you can find the insight in addition to frontstretch.com of our current guest talking about the Daytona 500, Adam Cheek. And that is the race circuit goes to Atlanta this coming weekend. Are we more likely to get another one of these great organization plus great Tapered spacer drivers like a Joey Logano, a Brad Keselowski, a Denny Hamlin to victory lane. Or how reasonable is it to believe that guys like Corey LaJoy or Eric Jones or John Hunter Nemechek or Noah Gregson could be there at the end and they could spoil the party?
1: Well, what was that? I think a year, maybe two ago, we saw Corey almost win at Atlanta. I'm going to go ahead and make my prediction now. Brad Keselowski winning this weekend. Our is going to start the season also, in the second weekend, on a really high note, he was there last night. I think we're going to see one of the more experienced guys get to victory lane. But Brad is the guy that I've had my eye on for a while with these super Speedways. He's always been good at them, but it took RFK a couple of years to really get things going. I'll take him switch car a to win this weekend.
0: So you like Brad Keselowski to get back to victory lane in Atlanta. We'll wrap it up with this, yes, Adam, and that is... I I love tapered spacers, but starting the year off with two of these in a perfect world, they would be more evenly spaced in my hypothetical NASCAR calendar. Do you agree with that or do you like how we go with two of these type of tracks back to back?
1: Oh no, I absolutely agree with you. I think they should be spaced out uh, a lot more. I was perfectly fine with Atlanta being, I don't know what it was last year, maybe uh, late March, mid-March, maybe early April, uh, whatever it was. I thought having those spaced out was a little bit better. You know, you throw some intermediates in there to start the year. Uh, you have the West Coast swing uh, a little bit later on this year than it usually is, but I think Atlanta, you got to push it a little bit further down the road. Like, I don't think anybody wants to have two straight races and jump yards in the garage, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if they change it back next year, and I think that's what they should do. I don't like having them back-to-back. I think you've got to vary it up a little bit.
0: So we'll wrap it up then on this point or a quick follow-up. How much of this schedule is just the fact that NASCAR is kind of juggling things before they, I wouldn't call it an overall, but maybe able to get more creative with international races and other venues next year?
1: Oh, I think that would be awesome. I would love to see them go for a race in Mexico. I'd love to see them go back to Canada. Uh, I mean, this Canadian tire truck races are always fun, so go there or go to Montreal, do something like that. Do something weird with the schedule. Throw a wrench in it. Throw a complete curveball in there. I would absolutely love that. Um, I mean, go to Japan. They did that, what, in 98, I think, 96? So that would be really cool to see them at. I'm all for the international stuff making their, making its way into the schedule. Even if it's just an exhibition, do it anyway.
0: We're all for the inside of Adam Cheek at FrontStretch.com and at Adam Inn. As in, number one, Adam Incheek on Twitter and Instagram. Adam, appreciate your time today in the Fast Lane. We'll chat again soon. Yes, sir, Ed. Thanks so much for having me. Talk to you guys again soon. Indeed. And stay connected with us, Trey Lyle, VT, and Fast Lane, Ed Lane. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts. We're back tomorrow afternoon. Debbie Antonelli on ACC Men's and Women's Basketball slated to join us. So come hang out with us again tomorrow in the Fast Lane.